Act 4. Competence. For here there is no place that does not see you. You must change your life. Rainier Maria Rilke, German poet. Boundaries, a performance. I draw a serpentine line on a white floor with a thick black marker. I hop back and forth from side to side over the length of the line. I fall down on my back at the end of the line and begin laughing. I laugh and beat the floor and roll around until I begin to cry. I masturbate. Once I achieve orgasm, I stand, straighten myself, and then walk out of the room. The fourth phase of a child's life is known as the competence stage, according to Erickson. Neighbors and school become the most significant influence in a child's life. Industry versus inferiority is the major psychosocial crisis, and the overriding existential question is, can I make it in the world of people and things? Can I make it in the world of people and things? The child writes end on her mother's head in red lipstick. She tells her mother to shut up, stop singing all the time. The child places a band-aid on her mother's nose. She rolls her eyes at all the dresses her mother chooses for the dance. The child moves her mother like a marionette. She dresses her mother in black and puts a pistol in her hand, forces her hand to her head. Let's see her put herself out of her own misery. You have managed to complete three degrees all on your own. You have worked since the age of 13. You are accomplished in your career. And you still have no idea how to treat your child with the love you feel for her. You still have no idea how to trust a man. You have no idea how to forgive yourself for taking your mother for granted while she was still alive. Just keep walking. Manhattan is almost completely awake. The Stockings Ramona was always very good at pretending she had a happy, close family with no problems, especially around the Christmas holiday. She never convinced outsiders of this, but she managed to convince her children. Since I was both an outsider and seemingly one of her children, I felt the sweetness of Christmas, but always knew it was a facade. One Christmas, I woke to find that the usual traditions had not been accomplished. There was no tinsel on the tree. The presents were not set out underneath it. The stockings were not filled. This didn't surprise me as much as I thought it should. I had heard them arguing early in the evening the night before and knew there was trouble ahead. Dutifully, I finished all the Christmas preparations, believing that this would make Ramona and her children happy. It felt like a performance Marina would have approved of. Methodically, I put tinsel on the tree, which was difficult because I was still too small to reach the top. I had to get a chair. I found the presents in the basement closet and put them out under the tree. I stuffed all the stockings. I imagined an audience looking on in reverence as I performed these sweet gestures. When they woke up, no one seemed to care or notice. Everyone was very sad and quiet. I was angry because no one acknowledged the work I did to help them. After all the presents were opened, the man they called my father cried hysterically and told us he had to leave to be with his lover and her family. 
We all sat staring at him without crying at all. I spent the rest of the day sitting in front of Ramona's bedroom door, listening to her sobbing and explaining to the girl they called my sister that he promised the night before that if she had sex with him, he wouldn't go. The baby had had enough with all the cruelty and the weakness, so she kissed her warm brown mother goodbye and she ran. My performances. My first real performances were always just bad imitations of Marina's work. There was a piece I called Rape, where I lay down naked on a stage and had a naked man lay on top of me. We didn't move. He just lay naked over my naked body. We stayed like this for two hours. My whole body was numb. There was another piece I called Autopsy, where I lay on one steel table naked and another steel table held instruments for cutting. The audience was encouraged to engage with me however they wished, but as it turned out, no one even paid much attention. Ramona did not like the performances and tried to restrict my ability to do them as much as possible, but with seven other children and a job, she didn't have a lot of time to notice when I snuck out of the house. There were many other performances. In those days, I thought news of my performances might reach Marina and get me back to her, but it never did. Eventually, I grew tired of inviting the public to watch me hurt myself or to hurt me, but not before a lot of damage had already been done. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She spreads herself wide as a star and grows brighter and brighter. Her body and my body, by extension, is light, a path to somewhere else. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She spreads herself wide as a star. On the boat to Santorini, she holds her cool hand over my forehead while I doze in a Dramamine-induced sleep in a corner with only my jacket underneath me as a cushion. And grows brighter and brighter. Much later, in Istanbul, she guides me through the market. When the salesmen call me beautiful girl and try to pull me into their shops, she pulls me close, smiles at them, and rushes me faster to the hookah, where we smoke apple tobacco and sip chai with some of her old friends. Her body and my body, by extension, is light, a path to somewhere else. Even later, on the long train back to Athens, she looks out the window and smiles. I am aware that I am in love with this smile. Mama, the daughter is the mother. The way we walked make, made a snake line in the earth we were too close to see. The baby begins to dance and the mother does not notice. You would not talk to me or touch me except at night while you rested and your tears pooled in my lap so I had something to wash my face with. The baby dances and dances as if wearing red shoes that can't stop dancing. This journey started out brown as earth as your eyes which always frightened me but became a splintered prism of reds. A spell has been cast upon her, this baby. The baby wants out of her mother, begins to claw and swim away. The baby stumbled everywhere, looking for gray, molted bodies like her own. 
She searched under every reed, in the shallows of every pond she could find, for the before mother that would help her feel as though she belonged to someone. She bloodied her feet with walking. Her bumpy gray skin became streaked with scrapings. Still, she had to find this mother she knew from before, before the warm, wet world cracked open and she was surrounded by foreigners. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She sits scrubbing and washing the bones of cows for days. She is covered in their blood. She laments the destruction, yet respects it too. What's done is done. We carry on. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She sits scrubbing and washing the bones of cows for days. She takes me to the park and openings rather than sending me to school. She takes me to Spain and we walk the cobbled streets of Madrid after one of her performances. She is covered in their blood. When gypsy children beg from us, she takes each of their faces in her hands and kisses their noses. Their hard shells break and they cry in her arms. Forever after, the songs they play on their accordions are even sadder. She laments the destruction, yet respects it too. Later, on the train to Amsterdam, she lets me lay my head in her lap, and as she looks out the window of our compartment, she lazily strokes my hair and sings old Yugoslavian folk songs. What's done is done. We carry on. The tears that slide down her face shower me like a baptism. A litany. One fifteen-year-old boy they called my cousin bet me that he could beat me at checkers when I was four and said that if he won, I had to let him do whatever he wanted. I knew he would win. I was excited by the thought that he was going to make me do something. He won and took me into the bathroom to teach me how to French kiss. When he kissed me, I didn't like it. And then he got angry with me and told me I had to keep doing it or else he would tell. A couple of days later, his father chased me around the house when no one else was there and held me down and kissed me as well. I didn't like that either, but it made me feel pretty. That same year, another older boy they called my cousin forced me to lick and kiss his penis in the back seat of a car while we were on some kind of family road trip. He held my head and it hurt and he smelled sweaty and bad. I remember that my father saw us from the rearview mirror while everyone else was sleeping. It took him a long time to tell us to stop. When he finally did, I could tell he was very angry with me. Another older boy they called my cousin gave me a quarter when I was nine to take my shirt off in front of him and three of his friends and told me if I didn't do it, they'd tell Ramona I did it anyway. I didn't know what she'd do to me if they told. They never paid me the quarter. Another boy they called my brother showed me how men masturbate to pornographic films and magazines and gave me pornographic books to read. Because I had lost Marina by the time I had the courage to talk about all of this, I never had anyone to tell. I could never trust anyone. Marina Abramovich is my mother. She dances to a tango. She seems to be alone, but I am dancing with her. She knows this. Marina Abramovich is my mother. Ramona Marie is my mother. She dances to a tango. 
We sit comfortably on two overstuffed leather couches facing one another. I tell her everything, emptying and emptying myself of so many secrets. She listens carefully, nodding her head, sipping her green tea. She seems to be alone, but I am dancing with her. When at last, after many hours, I stop talking, she declares her wisdom in slow, deep strokes that resonate in the air like a sonic boom. I feed on the words she gives me like carefully picked cherries from northern trees. She knows this. Later, we cuddle on the couch and watch old black and white movies. She giggles at my equal adoration of Katherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart, but I can see she blushes whenever Cary Grant comes on the screen. The baby began to move through the muddy world in shadows, avoiding all other creatures with one careful eye, always looking for her before mother. She was haunted with memories of the family she had left. She did not know if she could make it. Doctors. Ramona worked for doctors as a receptionist almost all of her life. When I was a child, she was constantly taking me in to see them for the smallest complaint. If I heard ringing in my ears, she would have them order an EEG. I had at least three EEGs by the time I was 10. I suffered minor petite mal epileptic seizures as an infant. She had me heavily medicated for them. Just before getting my first period at the age of 11, I started having migraine headaches. I received heavy medication for these as well, which I was grateful for. But if I had so much as a stomach ache, she would keep me home from school, take the day off of work and care for me all day as if I were dying. I enjoyed this time with her, being nursed back to health by her. At around the age of 13 or 14, I started having relatively severe panic attacks. Sometimes I would faint from them. During each, I convinced myself that I was dying. The only way to get through them was to lie down under a very heavy blanket, close my eyes, and pretend to hold Marina's hand, just as she held the hand of a skeleton in one of her own performances. Mama. The daughter is the mother. You were a dry drunk in your way, full of rage you saved for your audience. The blue came usually in the afternoon while you slumped exhausted and I propped you up with my head. And now the mother walks all day for many days. And now the mother walks into the freezing snow. And now the mother walks into the desert. And now the mother walks for miles. Because you refused to acknowledge me. You thought you did it all by yourself. Because she has been abandoned out in a wilderness where she has been told to scrape the bones of cows clean. The mother is obedient. This never made me as angry as it should have. And she ignores the baby. And the baby does not demand her attention. The baby stays quiet, rubs her own lips with cayenne, refuses to howl. Not until the brown boots with red laces went to the museum, instead of to me, their rightful owner. The Art Museum. Sometime after Ramona's family moved and I lost the ability to get back to Marina, Ramona took me to a contemporary art museum somewhere in Michigan. She knew I had some propensity toward art but this, as with my attraction to water, terrified her. 
In a generous gesture, she brought me to this museum as a cultural experience, something she knew was lacking in her family. This was a major point of connection. I had to ignore Ramona's scoffing and confusion over most of the pieces and just allow myself to sink into my own experiences of this world. Without the visit to this museum, I wonder if I would have lost all memory of Marina and her world. Luckily, this visit was a concrete reminder of all the trips Marina and I had made to art galleries and museums throughout Yugoslavia and France and Germany and Amsterdam. I had not lost the memory of her yet, and Ramona was to thank for this connection. Somewhere in the dark of one night, the baby tripped into a pond where a turtle was tripping on acid and seeing everything in cartoon. He said, let me put it in a little. And she said, no. She said no over and over, but the little nubs that had yet to grow into real wings that flanked her body were so threadbare now that they were easily broken and they did not work to fight. She was so exhausted and in the dark she could almost believe he had feathers, that his eyes were the same as hers, that he was her kind too. When she gave herself over to him, he laughed. She confused this laughter with happiness for a long time. The skirt. In third grade, my school started offering us sex education. I learned that my body was capable of becoming pregnant because they explained that part before they explained what a menstrual cycle was. Because I had already had sex with a neighbor boy when I was five, I believed I was pregnant. For three months, I waited for my belly to get bigger every day feeling the growing anxiety of having to tell Ramona that I was going to have a baby. Finally, in despair, I told the girl they called my sister and she told Ramona. They both assured me that I was not pregnant and that it was normal to experiment with other children. A week later, I tried the girl they called my sister's mini skirt on and showed Ramona. She called me a and told me I'd end up in a home for unwed mothers before I was 15. In this moment, I knew I could not trust her with my secrets. Unable to get to Marina, there was absolutely no one I could trust anymore. The baby became so lost that she forgot about mothers. This concludes Act 4. I'd like to thank Trisha O'Connor, Barb Handley-Miller, Mark Brown, Shay Davis, Kristen Cornelius, Aralyn Ross, Danielle Peterson, Crystal Starkey, Donna Giuliani, and Laura Dahl, as well as Tim Kenyon for allowing me to borrow their voices for this episode of Marina Abramovich is my mother. Please visit Marina Abramovich is my mother.weebly.com for more information about Marina Abramovich is my mother and its author, Jody Ann Stevenson. Please visit the author's Patreon page to learn more about her projects and how you can support her work at patreon.com slash Jody Ann Stevenson. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com 
slash J-O-D-I-A-N-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N. Thanks for listening.